This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. This is Randy Zuckerberg Means Business on Business Radio. Welcome, everyone. This is Randy Zuckerberg here, your host of Randy Zuckerberg Means Business, Sirius XM Business Radio, Channel 132. I'm coming to you live from the middle of New York City today, and we have an exciting show because we're talking about a topic that we've covered many times over the years on this show, but it just it seems to be on people's minds more than ever. And that is kind of the push and pull between the rise of robots in pretty much everything we do and the fact that robots help our lives, they make it more enjoyable, they automate, they make things faster and easier. But there's always that tension thinking, you know, are these same robots replacing us? Are they taking our jobs? Are they, um, you know, taking our, our private data? And uh, so I think there's, you know, we're, there's a lot of excitement around the rise of robotics and AI and also a, a lot of fear. All right. I'm very excited to introduce our first guest, Clayton Wood, to get us started on the topic of robotics. Clayton, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Randy. Great to be here. Clayton is CEO at Seattle-based Picnic, a robotic startup that focuses on food production, best known for their automated pizza assembly system, which sounds amazing. Here in New York City, we would not survive without pizza. So I'm excited to, to hear everything. Clayton, before we dive into your incredible pizza-making robot and, and your thoughts on trends in the industry, I like to start the show with a little game called Like or Dislike. Like. Or dislike. You get nothing. You lose. All right. So don't worry. No formal preparation (laughs) needed for this game. Um, I just I found a few of kind of like the most interesting, weirdest, silliest robots that launched at the Consumer Electronics Show recently. And I would just love your thoughts if you like or dislike them and why. And uh, and listeners, I want you to play along, too. In fact, we've been having people playing along all morning on Instagram already. We put polls up about each of these types of robots, and it's been fun to see um, if you guys like or dislike it. So remember, you can give us a call at 844-WHARTON or play along on social media. All right, Clayton, uh, first is robotic pets. Uh, Sony launched uh, a dog bot all the way back in 1999, but the new generation is the Mars Cat, a robotic cat that is fully autonomous. It can respond and sense interactions. It feels touch. It hears voices. It sees people. It stretches, bites its nails, even digs through kitty litter. Like or dislike? Uh, You know, I like that one. I I like robots that really do a a provide a service and people get so much pleasure from their pets and uh, in certain applications maybe you can't have a pet where you are and it, uh, something like that's just going to get better and better over the years so I, th- I think it's a great idea I agree I'm gonna I'm gonna vote like on this one too we uh, my kids are, keep saying like can we get a dog can we get this that and like I feel like they're about at the level that they could take care of a robot, probably not a real animal. And like you could power down a robot when you go on vacation. So it feels like ideal to me. Um, all right. Next one is uh, Liku. I think that's how you pronounce it. L-I-K-U. It's a tiny humanoid robot. It is 
um, it measures it just one and a half feet tall. So it kind of looks like like a, a small child. It weighs five and a half pounds. It has a childlike appearance and is able to elicit emotions. They're they're billing it as a baby robot, and uh, it can interact with humans in an interpersonal ma- manner with kind of like these big eyes and its voice. Um, and it learns more as it spends time with your family, like or dislike. Uh, you know that one sounds a little creepy to me. <laughs> I, I don't think I would like that. That's uh, the stuff I, of nightmares. I kind of agree too. That's like the next generation of like Chucky. Like there's going to be a movie about that doll soon. I think. Yeah, people on Instagram did not like this either. And I have to say, one thing I have never done is I have never woken up in the morning and thought, "I wish I had more children." <laughs> like I just have never <laughs> thought that to myself. <laughs> like why? Why? So I, I'm going to agree with you. All right, um, this is probably the wackiest one on the list this next one the Charmin Rollbot um, from CES uh, the Procter & Gamble Charmin that makes the toilet paper now the, they have a, this little robot that if you're in the bathroom and you're like oh my gosh I ran out of toilet paper the robot like like rolls into your bathroom it's a little like cartoon bear on wheels and it brings you a roll of toilet paper <laughs> what do you think like or just like our, our producer James has a very puzzled expression on his face right now yeah, that I wish I, you could I see. A, I had a feeling this one would come up in the list. Uh, yeah, I think this is a classic uh, solution looking for a problem. Uh, not everything needs to be automated, and that doesn't really sound like something that uh, is going to come up all the time, and you're going to really need a solution that uh, is automated for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. I just can't. I can't imagine. I mean, I have seen like really cute robots in hotels in Vegas that like bring water and coffee and cleaning supplies and stuff. So I could see if maybe it's like a big hotel and it's delivering things. But like, I'm not sure why you need a robot for like the two times a year that you get in a desperate situation like that. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, OK, our final one is this is a duo of comedy robots. Uh, a lab in Japan has created two funny robots. They use AI and play off one another to tell jokes. So basically, they, these two robots work together to create a stand-up comedy routine and uh, they deliver jokes that humans will find funny, which is like, I mean, that's challenging even for human comedians. Let's be real. Uh, Clayton, what do you think? Like or dislike? I, I find that kind of intriguing. I mean, it's a little bit like uh, years ago, I took my kids to Disneyland and they've got the animatronic characters while you're waiting in line. Um, I think you know, adding some AI and some creativity and reacting to the to uh, what the audience is doing uh, when you say something, I think that's that's. That's got some potential. I like it. I, yeah, I would 100% buy tickets to go to a comedy club to see like two robots doing stand-up comedy, even if just for the novelty. So I I agree. But then I also feel bad. It's like hard enough for actual stand-up comedians to make a living that like there's like six of them that can make a living doing it. And then like, now, sorry, now That's there's true. only room for five. <laughs> All right. For those who just joined us, you're listening to Randy Zuckerberg Means Business here on SiriusXM Business Radio. I'm your host, Randy Zuckerberg, in case you hadn't guessed by now. And I'm thrilled to be here with Clayton Wood, CEO at Seattle-based Picnic, a robotic startup focused on food production. Um, Clayton, tell us about your background and what got you excited about the field of robotics. So I'm a, a startup executive, been doing startups for years. And I 
when I get involved in a startup, I look for one that's solving a real problem. Um, it's really meeting a customer need and is a, is a solid uh, business proposition. And I heard about this, and, and what more I learned about it, the more I liked it. And it's a lot like the customer reactions. When we've done demos, first people can't imagine how do you make 300 pizzas in an hour, and then they see it and they get excited. And that's been happening for every time we've shown it. So uh, we're having a great time. It's amazing. Okay, so talk us through what does Picnic do? And like I'm I'm even my mind is boggling right now thinking about 300 pizzas an hour. So maybe you can like talk us through how how that works. Sure. Uh so we we built a system that assembles pizzas. We don't uh prepare dough and we don't cook the pizza, but we assemble the pizza, actually placing ingredients on the on the dough base and uh our system uh, takes a stretched dough as an input and then we put sauce, cheese, fresh sliced pepperoni, any other toppings you want. Um, and you can customize multiple sauces, multiple toppings, any order you want. And we can we can produce uh, a pizza in about a minute on our system. And then each subsequent pizza is ready in about 10 to 15 seconds later. And so we can make 300 pizzas an hour, and every one of them is customized, size, shape, toppings, um, and it, it's kind of amazing. You, the real problem is we got to you got to find an oven fast enough to cook 300 pizzas in an hour, which is which is maybe more of a challenge. But uh, uh, it really works. And we've just got back from CES where we serve pizza to the attendees there and got a great reception. That's amazing. Does so? There's like a whole debate around putting pineapples on pizzas. Does the rob are the robots like sorry, no can do? Like that's gross, or they'll literally put anything on a pizza. As it happens, that's actually an interview, an interview screening question we ask when we interview <laughs> candidates. Do they like pineapple on their pizza or not? So it tells us something about their personality. That's uh, we so have, funny. We is it do like do you get screened out for it or do you or is that is it a plus? I think it's just something to take note of, like, OK, let's keep an eye on this one, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but uh, we have we have tested pineapple. We can we can make a, a Hawaiian pizza with pineapple. It's. Uh, it's not the easiest ingredient to handle, and a lot of people don't like it, but uh, to each his own. And we'll, we'll make any pizza that a chef wants to make. Uh, we don't require the chef to use any specific ingredients uh, right down to the brand. Uh, that's part of the features of our system. We'll make anybody's pizza. So talk to me about, so where do the humans come into this, and where and where do the humans stay out? So you mentioned, so someone needs to to actually make the dough. Yeah, so somebody needs to do the dough prep, and there's a lot of automated you know, semi-automated uh, dough prep machines out there, commercially available that restaurants use. Um, someone needs to prep the ingredients, like chop onions and peppers or whatever you're going to put on, and load them in the machine. Our machine doesn't really prep those ingredients. The only ingredient we do prep is the pepperoni. We start from a stick, and we slice the pepperoni fresh off the stick uh, to place on the pizza. Um, and then you need someone at, at the other end of the oven to to take them out and cut them and serve them. So at CES, we had one guy uh, making all the pizza. He wasn't very busy, and then we had people serving pizza to the crowds in line, and those people were pretty busy. So that we had about three people serving pizza and one guy working about halftime uh, making all the pizza, and we made about 150 pizzas a day there um, with no sweat. That's amazing. Do you, I mean, what does it take to kind of work side, work alongside a robot? Because I, I mean, humans can be very high maintenance to work alongside, let's be real. But like, uh, do you, you have to like, do you have to train the people who are, um, who are kind of preparing the ingredients or the dough? Do they also have to be trained in like troubleshooting the robot also? 
Well, you know, our, our training program, uh, we trained the chef at, at the Las Vegas Convention Center. We actually trained a tech reporter who was in her office for an interview. Uh, the training process takes about five or ten minutes. And in the case of the chef, he was an expert, so he was actually training his crew uh, five minutes after we trained him. So it's really simple to operate, um, takes almost no training, um, and uh, that's part of the beauty of it is that you can make a very consistent product uh, with very little training. And that's actually one of the problems we're solving for the industry is that restaurants have such high turnover these days and have such a labor shortage, they can't get workers, and they're constantly trying to train them to make a good pizza and if you make pizza inconsistently, it's, it's a real problem for the, for the owners. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious how and why you decide to start with pizza. Like, did you go down another course uh, first and then and then kind of abandon that? Or was it always pizza from day one? You know, it's, it's always been pizza, but some different variations. The, the first idea that the company had was actually making a fully automated pizza food truck where you would actually go up to the truck and order your pizza from a screen and you could watch it getting made and interact with the, with the automatic stuff. And that was realized, okay, that's pretty hard because you have to have lots of ingredients stored. And so we decided to focus just on the system itself. But along the way, we also considered maybe we should open a restaurant because it could be very compact um, and it could be very uh, economical. But when I realized that you know, we don't really want to be running a restaurant. We want to be making technology, and that's those are really different businesses. And so I, I, we're really pleased with the choices we've made. The, others have made different choices in making specialty restaurants around their automation, and those are really cool. Uh, but that doesn't really solve uh, the industry's problem, which is around uh, the labor shortage and the consistency of the product and food waste. We, we have very little food waste, less than 1% uh, food waste. So um, we believe we're, we're helping the industry and we've got a lot more customers than the, the people who are running a restaurant. Mm, that's actually, that's a great point because restaurants do waste so much food and uh, especially, you know, given all the challenges that we're facing right now, it's it's exciting to be able to make things that are entirely to order that way. Exactly. And our, our system, uh, people have a misconception that, oh, it's going to make a, a generic pizza or it's going to make a frozen pizza. We can customize the pizza exactly to the taste of, of the person ordering it uh, through an electronic screen. And then they can save that combination if they like it, and they come back and order the same pizza every time, um, which is really tough to do, even if you're just telling someone uh, which ingredients you want. It's hard to get exactly the same pizza every time. Mm, you're absolutely right. For anyone who's just joining us, you're listening to Randy Zuckerberg Means Business here on Sirius XM 132 Business Radio. I'm your host, Randy Zuckerberg, and we're speaking today with Clayton Wood, CEO at Seattle-based Picnic. Uh, they've It's a robotic startup. They've made an automated pizza assembly, a system that they were testing at the Consumer Electronics Show. Um, wait, Clayton, talk to us ab- again about how this experience worked. So you, had, you were inside the convention hall at CES, or were you somewhere else and how many i mean how did people hear about it we we had an amazing time we actually started our first customer is Centerplate, which is a, a large food service provider part of sodexo um at t-mobile park a major league baseball stadium in seattle and so we were there at the end of baseball season and we were also there with them uh for enchant which is kind of a winter carnival event runs about six weeks between thanksgiving and new year uh center plate happens to be the same food service provider at the Las Vegas Convention Center. So they're the food service provider for CES headquarters. And they asked us to come down and provide our machine so that they could sell pizza to the attendees at CES. So we were we were right there on the show floor. 
um, not as an exhibitor, but actually as a vendor and making pizza and selling pizza to the attendees. Uh, and we had a great reception, um, had a tremendous amount of press coverage, uh, worked out really well. I love it because, I, I mean, I can imagine that, like, I would at first walk up to your booth for kind of the novelty to see what was going on and then, like, actually be wowed by by how delicious it tasted. Because I feel like people are like, how could a robot make pizza that's good? Um, but did you, like, is how interesting is it to see people's reactions when they actually get a pizza that's made by a robot? It's really fun because, like I said, people do have a misconception. And we had one uh, – one, uh, journalists actually did review of our pizza. They went around and tasted some other Las Vegas pizzas, and they said ours was, ours compared very favorably with some of the other pizzas around town, and the convention center workers felt like it was a better pizza than they were making in some of their other uh, locations around the center. So uh, the, the quality of the pizza is great. And the reason is because it's fresh. You know, pizza is really good when you have really high-quality ingredients, and it's well-cooked, and you've got the proportions right. And we can get the proportions right. The chef chooses the ingredients. And because we're making it right there in just a few minutes, it's always fresh. And that's a better pizza that you could make for a lot of people. Uh, most most settings where you're making pizza for a lot of people, you either have to make it way ahead of time or people have to wait a really long time. Um, and both of those are not great for the customer. I completely agree. It's So it's interesting. Last week we were on the show, we were talking about 3D printing and we had um, – the, uh, an executive from a food 3D printer on here talking about some of the, the future trends around food and 3D printing. So uh, I'm just curious, Clayton, your thoughts for the industry, for, for the future of food and, and how you think it'll be changing the most in the next few years. Yeah, so the, the industry is undergoing tremendous change, uh, very serious labor challenges, 150% turnover, the average tenure of a food service worker right now is actually seven weeks, which is kind of amazing to think about. Wow. Um, and so if you're making pizza, pizza is very labor intensive. And if you have a rush hour, it takes a lot of hands to make pizzas in a hurry. And they typically get made in a way that doesn't uh, has a lot of food spilled all over the place and it's not consistent. Um, or, again, you have to make it way ahead of time. So we're solving that real problem for, uh, for those guys. The other problem that's happening in restaurants is that – the consumer tastes are changing. People are tending toward delivery and carryout. So the kitchens are still making lots of food, perhaps even more than they made before. But a lot of the food that's getting made isn't being consumed in the restaurant. So if you have a, a pizza concept where people come in and they go along the line and they order the pizza and they tell the uh, food service worker what ingredients they want, when they're talking to those workers – that's verbal information that's just lost. The, the restaurant has no idea about inventories. They have no idea about their food consumption until the end of the day. They see what's left over. And so what we're doing is we're digitizing a what's been a completely manual process and giving them information about ordering patterns, inventories, consumer preferences, uh, and really limiting the waste uh, tremendously. Uh, one operator I talked to said he spent three to $500 a week in waste. Because cheese is really expensive, and that's the ingredient that most workers tend to over-apply on the pizza. So we're we're uh, digitizing one operation, which is pizza making right now, and we're the first of type. Uh, a lot of other automation solutions do one thing, um, but we're we're really making an entire pizza, and we see huge interest in that. Uh, in the future, though, our system. Because what we're doing is assembling food, our future, our future system will be able to take the same technology and make a sandwich or a salad 
or a bowl or a taco. And because it's modular and because every dish is customized, you could even set it up where the same production line can make a pizza and then a sandwich and then a salad um, and all without any, any human hands touching the food. That's amazing. I mean, there's so many. First of all, I was going to ask if you were thinking about any other types of food uh, besides pizza, and, and you beat me to the punch. But also, like, I, gosh, it's like flu season. I think a lot about like whose hands mm-hmm. are touching my food, and like I would much rather have like a very clean robot touching my food than human hands. Exactly. And exactly. Uh, it's it's interesting. Um, I hadn't thought of a taco. I now see. Now for the rest of the day, I'm craving tacos made by a robot. That's that's all I want in my life right now. Um, Clayton, where can people reach you, learn more about the incredible work that you're doing at Picnic, and, and eat one of your pizzas? So our website is hellopicnic.com, and we will be at uh, T-Mobile Park uh, on opening day uh, 2020, and we're getting ready to announce some other customers in the in the coming months. So uh, stay tuned to our website or our Twitter handle uh, at Picnic News, um, and that's where you can learn the latest about Picnic. Love it. Thank you so much for joining us today on SiriusXM, and I cannot wait to get out to Seattle to try one of your pizzas. Thank you so much, Clayton. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 